Welcome to Marrow Masters Season 3, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and families cope with the psychosocial challenges of bone marrow stem cell transplant from diagnosis through survivorship. This season of Marrow Masters focuses on the patient perspective and many needs regarding bone marrow and stem cell transplant. Here is your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome to Marrow Masters Patient Podcast Series, Season 3. Today, we have Pam Kurtz of Illinois with us. Pam is a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor with a transplant journey to share, including her wonderful CAR-T experience. A mom of four, this spunky lady is surely going to inspire us all today. I was also excited to learn that Pam received her CAR-T cellular therapy because of a clinical trial. We have another podcast in this series on clinical trials, and Pam's story truly exemplifies the importance of considering these trials. Hi, Pam. Thanks for being with us today. We're going to talk about your diagnosis, your transplant, life today, and everything in between. Thanks, Peggy. I'm happy to share my story. In February of 2016, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, large B-cell. And I'll backtrack a little. Before that, January 27th was my 50th birthday, 2016. And I had a physical in December, right before I turned 50, and everything was fine. Right around my birthday, I started experiencing back pain, like very severe that would come and go. Sometimes I wasn't able to leave my house or go to work. This lasted for five weeks. I had gone to my doctor. I had gone to the Bone and Joint Institute. And I finally ended up in the emergency room with debilitating back pain. And while I was there, they did some scans. Uh, They saw my blood count was low, and the scans showed my spleen was twice the size it should be. It was pushing on some of my organs, and that was causing my back pain. So I was hospitalized right away, and they told me that as soon as they figured out the type of uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma I had, I would need to start chemotherapy right away. So if I needed a second opinion, I needed to get that done ASAP. So I stayed where I was, which is one of the hospitals I work at, and it's around five blocks from my house, right across the street, and received my first round of chemo while I was in the hospital, and that lasted five days. And I had six rounds of chemo total, which was every third week, I would have chemo for five days. I would wear it in like a fanny pack around my waist, and I would have it on 24-7. Okay. I would just go to the hospital every day and and get a new bag of chemo. So I completed my chemo June of 2016, and I did a scan, and there was no evidence of disease, so I was free of cancer. I returned to work in October, and I worked for three weeks when I started having some back pain again. And my oncologist was on medical leave at the time, so my appointment kept getting rescheduled. And finally, I was so stressed out and I had so much anxiety. I said, I I need to come in and see somebody because I'm very anxious. And they said, it's normal to feel anxious. You know, if you have a headache now, you're going to think you have brain cancer. You have a stomachache. You're going to think it's stomach cancer. You know, this anxiety is normal. But they got me in and then they wanted to do some scans because some of the blood work they weren't happy with. And then I got a call on a Friday, like 4.30, that... um, the lymphoma was back, and that the 
treatment plan this time would be to have a stem cell transplant instead of chemo. I guess when, when you relapse for lymphoma, that's the normal procedure to do next. So where I was being treated the first time, they did not do stem cell transplants. One of the other hospitals that was in that system did do stem cell transplants, but only if they were your own stem cells. The oncologist didn't think it was in my best interest to use my own stem cells at this time because I had relapsed so quickly. So they wanted me to have donor stem cells. Therefore, I transferred to Northwestern Hospital, which is downtown Chicago, and it's a teaching hospital. And I was able to get in fairly quickly and see Dr. Gordon, who's been terrific. He specializes in lymphoma, and he was running a clinical trial at the time for CAR T-cell immunotherapy. So he told me a little bit about it and that they had done four of these already. And, you know, that might be something I might be interested in. Um, But we were just keeping on the path for the stem cells. This was in October. I was on the path to stem cells in in December. We switched to CAR T-cell. Gotcha. I was invited into the trial. So Pam, could you share some of the details of the clinical trial that you participated in? Sure, I'd be happy to. In December 2016, Dr. Gordon, who was the oncologist at Northwestern and leading the clinical trial, invited me to be part of this trial. They had someone who dropped out who had a February appointment to have their T-cells harvested. So they were doing one patient a month of their clinical trials. So I was asked to come and talk to him about it with some of my family members. He spent a few hours going over the trial with us, and I decided to be part of this trial that was 50% successful so far. So I ended up being the eighth patient to participate in the trial. So Pam, could you tell us what the process is for the CAR-T retrieval? Yes, it's a rather simple procedure. It takes a day where um, you get your lymphocytes removed, and the lymphocytes are then sent to a lab. I was part of Juno Lab in Seattle, Washington. So my T cells were sent to the lab in Washington, and it took five weeks for them to genetically engineer the cells to do what they're meant to do, which is kill the cancer cells. Five weeks later, they um, transferred the cells back to me. That was February 28th, 2017. So it was almost exactly a year after my initial diagnosis, which was February 26th, 2016. Okay. So to transfer them back, they bring the T cells to you in a huge vat with dry ice, and then they pull out this little baggie with two syringes. And they just place an IV in your arm, and first they infuse the marker cells in me that they'll use to track, and then they infuse my T-cells back to me. The whole infusion took around 20 minutes. Then I was done and just needed to be hospitalized for a week just to be monitored for any side effects. There could be some very severe side effects, and like a virus in your brain is is one of them that uh, could require immediate treatment. So they like to monitor you very closely at the beginning. Fortunately for me, I did not have any any side effects from the treatment. So I just hung out at Northwestern for a week and was discharged. And then 28 days later, I had a scan that showed that there was no evidence of disease again. And 
I've been in remission ever since. So a little over three years. That is so inspiring and so wonderful to hear. Thank you, Pam, for sharing that. So Pam, you are a trained social worker by trade, which is so terrific. I'm sure you have counseled so many patients in the past regarding so many of the post-cancer issues, PTSD, depression, fatigue. Can you share some of your experiences? Yes, sure. PTSD, depression, anxiety is a big part of being a cancer survivor. I think everyone experiences because it usually comes out of nowhere. When I was first diagnosed, my doctor said, you know, you're in your fight, the fight for your life right now. You're not working. You're not going to be the main caregiver of your children. You're not responsible for carpools or, or driving them anywhere. You need to basically like quarantine, rest, focus on yourself and staying healthy. So that was a big change. The roles change and, you know, the family dynamics change. The kids, I have four young kids. So the oldest was in eighth grade, one was in sixth grade, fifth grade, and third grade. So the older two had to step up a little, do more chores, help pack lunches. They were great. I had a lot of support. The community all came together with so many kids at the schools. <laughs> I had a, a big tribe of support, which I'm so thankful for. I couldn't have done it without them. Um, my family is wonderful taking me to appointments, taking care of me, some of them taking care of the kids. It, it really takes a village to get through this. Absolutely. But there's a lot of depression and anxiety that comes through it because when you're going through, when you're first diagnosed, you're, you are in a fight for your life and it's, you go into fight or flight mode and you're fighting. And then afterwards, you look back when you have time to take a breath and you're like, did I really just, was that me? Did I go <laughs> through that? Like, it was like, was that a nightmare or, or did this really happen? Really, yesterday when I was preparing for this, looking back through some of my notes in my calendar, I don't even remember I had so many appointments and blood draws and, and scans and this and that. It's, it just becomes a way of life and you just do it and stay strong because you have your team and you have no choice. Absolutely. But afterwards, it's a lot of anxiety because it's like, it's going to come back again. You know, you don't know. So one of my doctors put it like this. It's like your house was robbed when you were gone and it's no longer your safe place. And that's how, it, you know, like one day cancer invaded your body and now you have no control. Okay. So that's been a long battle, but I'm, I think I got through the worst of it and and on my way, I also did some volunteer work with Emmerman Angels. Um, I'm a volunteer mentor angel for other people who are going through CAR T-cell clinical trials, or right now it's even offered through insurance. So when someone's getting the CAR T, I'm usually the mentor who gets matched up with the patient. And that's been a wonderful experience. I would think giving back like that just helps so much. And we can't say enough about Emmerman Angels around here. They're a wonderful group uh, based out of Chicago area, and we work cohesively with them. Uh, we have, you know, our peer support program, and they have their very large peer support program. And we actually help each other sometimes find a peer. And that is so important during the journey. And I understand you have been a peer to quite a few people, as you said. And, you know, this CAR-T thing is, is so new, and it's making such a difference. And I'm sure your success story, Pam, of several years out it just helps these people so much to believe that they're going to, you know, make it out to the other side and they're going to live and they're going to have a wonderful life again. 
Um, how is life today? Uh, your kids are a little bit older. We're living during a pandemic right now. <laughs> What's going on over there? Well, things are getting back to, we're getting back to normal before the pandemic came. I um, When I relapsed, I had just been back to work for three weeks in 2016. Then when I got it to remission the second time, I tried to go back to work, but I needed some immunizations that the oncologist didn't feel I was ready to get some immunizations then, so I was not able to work for a long time. Okay. Recently, we had decided that it would probably be in my best interest to go back to work and try to get back to normal, and that it would be okay to get this, now that I'm three years out, to get the immunizations. So I went back to work. Actually, it was interesting. I went to work, and I was signing my paperwork, and I was signing the date, and it was February 26, 2020. (laughs) And February 26, 2016 is when I was diagnosed. So it was four years exactly Wow! from my diagnosis that I was back at work. So I am back at work a little and kids are home. I have two that drive now, so they're pretty independent. One's going off to college in the fall um, and things are good. Oh, this is so inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Any other pearls of wisdom, especially with your social worker background, Anything else you want to share about your experience? Yeah, I just want to say it's very important for people to take care of their, obviously, their physical health and their mental health as well, because, you know, PTSD, it's a real thing out there, and you just have to monitor yourself and do a lot of self-care and take walks or meditate, do things that are good for you, even if you don't feel like it. And I just want everyone to know who, who's going through any kind of cancer that you're stronger than you know, you know, once you're put in that spot, never give up, explore all your options, especially clinical trials, because they're out there, they're not utilized as much as they should, and it can save your life and, and be helpful to other people as well. I know being in the clinical trial saved my life, and I'm so grateful to be where I am today. We are so happy for you also, and I couldn't agree more about the clinical trials uh, on our podcast Regarding clinical trials, we learned that only 5% of clinical trials are utilized. And a lot of times the deadline will pass and because there aren't enough participants, they just don't happen. So it's really important for people to consider clinical trials. It doesn't mean that there's no other options. It means there's possibly a life-saving, wonderful option. And Pam, you are proof of that today for sure. I couldn't agree more. Little over three years out, what do they say regarding CAR-T and survival rate? The clinical trial has been really successful. And I've been told if you are in remission for a year, very few people have relapsed after that one-year mark. So that's a very good sign. That's a great sign and a great number and very encouraging. And there are so many people that are going to love hearing this. Any parting words? This was so wonderful today. Now, I would like to thank you and the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link for the opportunity to share my story today. And we're going to keep tabs on you, and we want to know how you're doing, and this brings so much hope to so many. Thank you so much for everything today, Pam. Thank you. This has been the Marrow Masters Podcast. Feel free to share this episode via social media, text, or email. To hear more, subscribe for free to Marrow Masters in your favorite podcast app. To learn more about the resources available to patients and caregivers, 
Check out the National Bone Marrow Transplant link at nbmtlink.org. That's nbmtlink.org. Or just tap the link below in the show notes.